2: Programs, and we're back from Pensacon 2023. My name is Jason Robbins.
0: I am not award-winning comedy writer Wally Phelps, but I am award-winning comedy writer Derek Diamond. Yes,
2: yeah, so we all three have that uh, that distinction now. We're all award-winning comedy writers.
0: Yes, yeah, so the uh, I got a nice surprise this morning when I woke up this morning and checked, up, checked my email. <laughs> uh, the feature won not only Best Comedy... But best short film at the London Movie Awards, That's so which cool. is which is mind blowing. That's amazing. I, I kind of like what I did with the Parker Syndrome. Whenever I started submitting the feature to to festivals, I didn't really have any expectations because I try not to get my hopes up too much. Mm-hmm. But that that was one that it was it was a really nice surprise, and then. Um, Samantha Savoy, who plays the the lead a- um, the lead female character Katie, she won Best Actress at that same festival. So
2: that's so cool.
0: Good good uh, good day for uh, for the feature today.
2: Uh, I did say that uh, when we won Cannes that uh, that was the last film festival I was going to submit Monsters Anonymous to because this means here it is like six eight what seven years later I'm still submitting it to festivals. I submitted it to the. Uh, Tokyo Film Festival last week because they sent me an email and wanted me to submit. So I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. So we'll see what comes out of that. That might be the official last festival we ever ever do.
0: I'm surprised that festivals are still taking it because it was made so long ago. Like, all the ones I look at say, oh, it has to be released after, like, 2019 or 2020.
2: There are a lot of festivals out there um, that don't have uh, any kind of um, you know, like, time limit like that. It's just pretty much, if you have a short film, submit it. it doesn't matter if it's, like, 20 years old or two days old.
0: Interesting. I, I'm i sure I've come across them at some point, but I just, I can distinctly remember just about every festival I look at. They say it has to be made after a certain date.
2: Yeah, because I look at the emails every time the film festival will, will send us an email. I'll look through the, the rules of their festival And see if they have a time limit. And the ones that do, they never have a time limit. So I'm like, all right, well, might as well see what happens.
0: For our next either commentary track or next show that Wally's on, we should all introduce ourselves as (laughs) award-winning comedy
2: writers. (laughs) We should just change the name of the show to award-winning comedy writers, Nerd Cave Retro.
0: The Show of Vanity. Yes. You gotta love
2: it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but if you haven't listened to it, we we did put up the, the audio of the Pensacon panel we did last week. Wasn't as good of audio as we normally have because it was, uh, if you want to go listen to the open micers ep- extra episode, I go all into uh, the what's been happening to us <laughs> over the last few years at Pensacon.
0: Yeah, I was telling you off air that as I was listening to that discussion, I kept thinking had I been watching live I would have just texted you and said put me on yeah. the call
2: <laughs> you should have come on so we could talk about it
0: <laughs> yeah it's not to get too into it but there there've been a lot of changes over the last especially the last like 2 to 3 years that aren't quite as positive as we would like but you know you you roll with it the best you can and it's the same with you know defending bad movies you know that's out on the Derek Diamond Experience feed and the audio for that isn't what you would normally expect, but it, it's still listenable. And I, I, yeah. I still think both the panels turned out well. Like I had fun doing both of them.
2: Yeah, they came out better than I thought they were going to. Like uh, I recorded uh, the Nerd Cave panel with my laptop just into Audio Hijack using the the computer uh, mic, you know, the laptop mic, which is actually pretty good on a Mac, but. Still, you can tell like it was just kind of a microphone in the middle of a room. And, uh, but it's you can still listen to it, it still sounds good. Luckily, the room was pretty small. And, uh, like I said, on open micers, it seems like that short end of the stick that we get every year keeps getting shorter every year. And I don't think we have any stick left <laughs> at Pensacon.
0: <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. Cause so. it's, it's, Still a long ways till February of next year, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens but... look
2: at it. There's a lot of other festivals in the southeast area that we could uh we could travel to
0: there's one in particular that i'll I'll chat with you off air about
2: yeah, okay because <laughs> well, yeah. we got we got ends at a lot of different festivals, so we could we could easily move the nerd cave retro panels to uh other festivals, so we'll see what happens. We got a year to to yeah. see. But uh, but yeah, we'll uh, see what happens. Uh, got a little bit of news story tonight, if you'd like to go ahead and jump into that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson, and if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And this is a really, I was waiting for this to come, to to hit the, the news cycles Uh, From theretrododo.com, and this was written by Anthony Wallace. It's a retro enthusiast makes an Atari Lynx Mini for contemporary pockets. A French modder has crushed the challenging task of working an Atari Lynx handheld console into a new mini shell, making an Atari Lynx Mini. For those familiar with the original, you know it was anything but pocketable. Beefy might be an appropriate descriptor. Actually, not that second one was a smaller form factor than the original Atari Lynx, but it was still pretty thick. Like it was mm-hmm. a, that was a thick handheld. Um, he said, Nearly 35 year, years after its release, a, cl- a clever console enthusiast has managed to bring the new miniature to life in a classic handheld. Um, he said, Taking um, features the original Lynx but- buttons in a custom miniaturized shell and a new IPS screen upgrade. Um let's see. Um what is the uh did it say on here what his uh Twitter handle was?
0: I don't remember seeing it.
2: Um I don't know uh, if he has a Twitter but you can definitely go see the video. You can go to YouTube and look up Retro Relics. Uh and Relics is spelled R E L I K S and check out that uh the video they have. It's really cool. I mean it the the links he made is like about the size of a uh what would you say that's the size of probably like a wallet like <laughs> yeah something like that but it's got a really tiny screen on it and everything the buttons are the same size as they would be normally but this would actually be really cool if atari took this idea from him and like paid for the you know paid to have these made because honestly I think I would actually buy one of these
0: yeah, I'd be curious about it myself, and it's funny that this story came up, because every time I think of the links, there's one, I don't know if it's still there, because I haven't been there in a while, but a retro gaming shop we have here in town, the Video Game Trading Post, they have this huge glass display of old consoles that you can buy, but mm-hmm. they're kept there because they're still in really good condition. Yeah, For the longest time, they had an original Lynx. And I thought to myself, that thing rivals the Game Gear, yeah. as far as the size goes. <laughs> so, I I think this will be really cool. I mean, the way I look at it, why not do it? Yeah, I, mean, I I can't foresee them losing, you know, a ton of money off of it, so why not?
2: And with the size of this thing, it, it wouldn't really be that expensive to produce uh, for Atari. And this seems like something that, if Atari would do something like this, it would really... Do a lot to bring the Atari brand back into the the spotlight a little bit if they were to do something like this because you know they kind of failed with the VCS um, the the that the console they came out with a few years ago I think they already shut down the like the online portion of it and everything like it's just kind of dead in the water but I think if Atari was to start I mean they, and they got a lot of accolades for the the new Atari um the anniversary collection that just came out not too long ago uh although that was you know it was made by uh, another developer but you know Atari's got their name on it as a publisher but if Atari was to do something like this I think it would really do a lot to to bring them back into the the spotlight a little bit
0: I don't think they have much to lose by doing it so yeah. like I said why not
2: I mean we'll see I would love to have one of these just to have it. Like it just I always liked the way the links looked. Even the mm-hmm. even the bigger one, the small the, and the chunkier one that they put out later on. I always thought it was a really cool system, but man, this thing was so expensive back in the day. Like that's kind of why these other consoles like the 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 Sega Game Gear and this didn't really survive because these things were like $150, dollars at the time. And the Game Boy was 79 bucks for like its entire lifespan, never changed.
0: Well, not to mention with the Game Gear, you had to, you pretty much had to have the (laughs) the wall adapter because the batteries would last you like 15 to 20 minutes. Mm
2: -hmm. Oh, the Lynx was the same way. I think it had, yep, it held what, like six or eight double A batteries in it. Like, man, that's just when you're a kid, man, you can't go asking your mom to buy you a pack of batteries every day, pretty much, because it only lasted like four hours.
0: Might as well just buy a a console and games for it. Exactly. Our next story comes to us from our favorite site, nintendolife.com. Konami teases more Bomberman on 6th anniversary of Super Bomberman R. It's been six years since Nintendo launched its hybrid device known as the Switch. While many fans of the system remembered the launch for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, there were some other unique offerings available. One of those other titles was Super Bomberman R. Konami at the time launched the game exclusively on Nintendo's system. Now as part of the six-year anniversary celebrations, the third-party Japanese developer has taken a moment to acknowledge this particular entry while also teasing how there's more in store for the Bomberman series. And there's a link to the the Twitter article at Bomberman underscore EN with, the, with some pretty cool artwork. And it just says there's still plenty more in store for Bomberman, so keep your eyes on us for all the latest news. I remember Bomberman being around, but I didn't really get into the games minus the one with Wario mm-hmm. uh, for the Game Boy. But I, I think it's cool for fans of Bomberman that the character might potentially be making a comeback.
2: Yeah, I mean, I always like... It's one of those games that I enjoy playing when I can play it, but I've never really gone to seeking out to buy a Bomberman title. But that gameplay, I do like. Like, There's been a lot of games I've played, especially newer, quote, retro-style games that use the Bomberman-style gameplay. And it's really fun, so if they were to bring out some more Bomberman stuff, I think I would actually jump on board and start playing some new Bomberman games, because I really do like that gameplay.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see what they do you know, with the franchise, and it's funny that article mentions Breath of the Wild, because I started a new game on it yeah. <laughs> a few days ago. It's got me sucked back in.
2: See, I would love to start a new game on that, but I really don't want to wipe my my save file. Well,
0: so what you can do is you can create a new profile on your switch, and then you uh, you just start Breath of the Wild and it automatically starts a new game for you.
2: Why did I not think of that?
0: I had to look up a YouTube video <laughs> on, on ways to start to have a new Breath of the Wild game without erasing your own. So I, I'm I'm kind of getting back into that mindset for Tears of the Kingdom coming up in a couple of months. I've
2: been playing. Uh, I picked up uh, Horizon Zero Dawn not too long ago for the PS4. On sale at um, at uh, GameStop. That game reminds me a lot. It's very, very. The gameplay is very Zelda-ish, especially like the enemies
0: and stuff. That's what I've heard. That
2: game is really good. Like way I hadn't. I didn't know what to expect from it, dude. I've been playing the crap out of that game, and I'm like, yeah, this game. Like I like this a lot. Like I, I really think if you had never played it. You should go pick up a copy of it because it's pretty cheap nowadays. Okay, I think they just came out with the third game not too long ago, like Part Three not too long ago.
0: Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Horizon Zero Dawn. I've just never played it.
2: Yeah, it's really fun to play. Like, there's, it's it reminds me like the gameplay itself reminds me a lot of Breath of the Wild for some and the enemies that you fight and everything. Like, it's very Zelda ish, and I don't know why, and I can't explain it. But it's just, you have to play it, and you'll be like, oh, I see. Okay. And now uh, this last story comes also from our favorite site, nintendolife.com. Nintendo expands its Switch Online Game Boy Advance service March 9th. Nintendo originally teased, teased Metroid Fusion as one of the many games coming to the Switch Online GBA library in the near future, and now it has confirmed it will be the first title to expand the service Service on the ninth of March. Uh, this entry in the Metroid series originally made its debut on the Game Boy Advance in two thousand two. It's also been re-released on a number of occasions across Nintendo's other online services. So, what do you think? Are you excited for uh, for Fusion to make its way onto the Switch? I'm excited because I never got to play this one.
0: I'm excited because you'll get the chance to play it because I, I think you will love this game. It is arguably my favorite game in the entire Metroid series. It's it will remind you a lot of Super Metroid. And this was the game that appeased the more traditional Metroid fans because this came out on the same day as Prime. Mm-hmm. If you didn't like Prime, you could just play Fusion. I still it's got a great get prime. <laughs>
2: still got
0: it. I, I do, too uh the story is great the gameplay is just like super metroid i think you will love it you're speaking my language it's it's, it's an incredible game i really really like it
2: it's going to be uh, this is going to be the year of metroid i'm telling you this is the year of metroid even if we don't get metroid uh prime 4 this year which we probably won't we will get a solid uh release date though and I, uh, Maybe on the, the next iteration of the Switch, which I still, I still contend they will announce some point later this year that there will be a follow-up to the Nintendo Switch next year.
0: If it's not called Super Nintendo Switch, I'm going to be a little disappointed.
2: I know Wally's ears are getting red right now because he knows <laughs> I'm talking about it. I can't wait to see Twitter tomorrow.
0: <laughs>
2: I like listening to their game, The Dead Game podcast. Because they're always talking about how wrong we are about everything. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's okay, though.
2: Uh, Hey, they're talking about us. Yeah, we're not Nintendo... Well, yeah, we are Nintendo fanboys, but, you know, we like Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, what's not to like about Nintendo? I mean, yes, they have bad business practices, but, you know, so does Disney and... Everything everything else that Wally likes has bad business practices but he still loves it and spends all his money on it. So don't hit me with that that trash, that trash talk.
0: I just had an idea. So I'm going to review some kind of wrestling game before like around WrestleMania time to coincide with that. I should stream a tag team match with me and you against <laughs> Wally and Rampage. I'm down. I love it. We should do that.
2: But, uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to it, I know I know. I, I always want to pimp that podcast. It's kind of our sister podcast now. It's called the Dead Game Pod, at Dead Game Pod, I think, on Twitter. And it is Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wally Phelps, the, our uh, fact checker, Mr. Wally Phelps. And you hear his lovely voice all over uh, our commentary tracks. It's him and Mr. Uh, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I Am The Rampage. Just started a new podcast. I think they're about six or seven episodes in now. Go check it out. You can get it everywhere podcasts are given away for free. So go do that for us. Go give them a follow and give them a listen. Yep, it's a really fun show. But uh, yeah, I'm really excited for uh, Metroid Fusion to drop. I am so looking forward to that. That'll give me something to play until I get through with Verizon uh, Zero Dawn and then you know eventually get the remaster of Prime. Which, I, yeah. oh, I gotta get that soon. I want to get a physical copy of it. But yeah. Same. It's too too much to play and not enough time to play it. But um, we are ready to go into this month of video game history. What do you say? Let's do it. In March of 1985, Nintendo releases Hogan's Alley for arcades in Japan. I always played it on the Nintendo, but I never played the arcade version of it.
0: I didn't either, and Hogan's Alley is one of those games that you may not know the title, but you recognize like the characters from it. Yeah. Because they were incorporated in Super Smash Bros. when the Duck Hunt dog was introduced as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, these characters would pop up like on the map, and I think might have been part of his final smash attack. And I never recognized what game those characters came from and then when I added in the the gaming history, that popped up and I'm like, oh, so that's where they're from. Because I never played Hogan's Alley.
2: Yeah, this was a black box game for the NES. Although a lot of uh, light gun games early on in the NES system. And then later on, they kind of didn't make as many games as it got
0: older. Gotta love the black box series. Yeah. In March of 1991, AOL SSI, TSR, lot of initials there, mm-hmm. and Stormfront Studios collaborate and launch Neverwinter Nights, credited as the first graphical MMO RPG. I like that name, Neverwinter Nights. I hear a lot about this game,
2: but I never played it and I've never seen anything of it, but there's a lot of people from my age group that played the hell out of this game back then.
0: I wonder how much a copy is. I don't
2: know. I'm, can you even buy it these days?
0: I have no idea.
2: Let's just see what if there if there is. Go to eBay real quick. It, just,
0: it ran from 91 to 97 on AOL. Never went through nights. It's on Switch? What? What? <laughs> I've uh, never seen it on the Switch.
2: They actually have a couple of copies here. Um, there's one here. One of the first ones that pop up it's for the PC a 2002 version of the game on uh, DVD, or CD, and it's 3.99 or best offer. Hmm. You can get the uh, long boxes for. Uh, you hear one. It's got a slightly damaged box, but it's a CD-ROM, uh, 1997. So if if you're into collecting old computer games, this one actually isn't that expensive to to get a get your hands on.
0: On compact disc,
2: yes. Let me see this. Let me look at this on Switch. I don't remember this being on Switch.
0: I I'm, I can't say that I've seen it on the Switch. It
2: is Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition. You can pick up a copy now for thirty dollars.
0: That's more expensive than I would have thought. I might have to check this out.
2: I, I, I might have to get a copy of that here in the next couple of months and try it out. Yeah. Uh, coming up March of 1999, Hasbro Interactive releases Roller Coaster Tycoon from Windows and Xbox in North America and Europe. I've had Roller Coaster Tycoon, on, I think, on every single PC I've ever owned <laughs> going back to, to the year 2000. And I still have it in my uh, Steam library, and I have to keep myself away from it because I will literally spend dozens of hours playing Roller Coaster Tycoon.
0: I remember through high school, I would have a few friends that were obsessed with Roller Coaster Tycoon and it's... tried to get me to play it, but I never did because like, I-, I truly do have an addictive personality when it comes to certain games. That's why I can only play like Smash Brothers. Selectively, otherwise I will play it all day. See if
2: you have, if you're like me and you have that addictive personality, stay away from Roller Coaster Tycoon. I'm telling you,
0: it's like that. uh, The Sims games, Sim City, they're they're virtually the same mm-hmm. as far as the gameplay goes. But I, I just I can't f- get myself to try those games out because I know that if I do, it's it's over. Mm-hmm. It is all over. And last but not least, March 21st of 2003, WarioWare Inc. Mega Micro Games is released for the Game Boy Advance in Japan, which is now also available on the uh, Switch. I saw that. It's part of the expansion packs. I I really like the Mega Micro Games. It, it was a complete departure from the Wario Land games. They're just these little games you play that you have to complete the objective and like, three to five seconds. Oh, wow. They're a lot of fun. (laughs) I I haven't tried playing them really since they first came out for the Game Boy Advance, but I'd be interested to try it out now that it's easily available to play. But they're a lot of fun.
2: When I get a little extra time, I'm going to try it out. I really want to jump into the Game Boy Advance stuff because I never got to play any of those games. I really want to play Minish Cap. I do, too. But I'm waiting until I know I have time to play it, because <laughs> I know if I start it, I'm going
0: to drop something else. I'm probably going to play through it before Tears of the Kingdom comes out, You because know I know once, once that comes out, yeah, you know, that, that's going to be the only game I play.
2: Let me know when you start it, and I'll start playing it too, and we'll do a dual review of it. I like it. Let's do it. Uh, but that brings us to the end of this month of video game history. Before we go into the review tonight, Derek, would you like to do our Patreon shoutouts?
0: Absolutely. As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. We want to shout out Brian Piotrowski, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, axeblade 7 Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria aka I am the Rampage Rampage Staff Sergeant Sketch Gus and Penny Matthew Salmon Mr. Joey Image and Mama Diamond herself Mama Diamond Donna Diamond thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the show I uh, because we are back up to that $50 level we are resuming our commentary tracks like we did Yesterday, mm-hmm. where we watched the first two episodes of the original run of Animaniacs.
2: I will admit that we watched them, but we didn't really commentate them.
0: <laughs> it was, well, we've done that before, where it's like, the good shows, we don't really like make fun of it, you know, like yeah. people would expect. It's just us reminiscing about, you know, what life was like at that time, and mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of fun.
2: If yeah, if you haven't listened to our commentary tracks, a lot of these like when we go back and watch shows like Animaniacs, it turns into more of a nostalgia fest between the three of us, and we we like every once in a while we're like we need to talk about the show and we'll talk about what's going on and then we'll we'll trail off again like talking about our childhoods and everything. So if I really think if you guys uh, you don't even really need to watch the episodes, it's more like an extra episode of this show, but we just sort of like just. T- just free flowing thought about our childhoods, basically.
0: Yeah. So if you want a, a fun look back at the '90s, you can check that out.
2: Also, uh, over... before we move on, I did want to say um, I have it. I'm going to release it later this week. But we did have a commentary track from 2020. Was it? 2020?
0: It was 2020.
2: Uh, we did Fa- Mask of the Phantasm for Batman. Uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, and we forgot to release it to the public after the patrons got it, so you're going to get an extra commentary track on the the regular feed later on this week.
0: Which is strange, because I could have swore that we never did that. (laughs)
2: Yeah. We did it! It was there!
0: Yeah. And I was trying to get us to watch Mask of the Phantasm again.
2: Yeah. I mean, I will.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, if you want to join our awesome Patreon, just head over to patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro for as little as a dollar a month. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media information, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We
2: officially have our very own line of coffee at
0: BresCoffeeCo.com. That's right. NerdCave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee.
2: If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored
0: roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast.
2: They have tons of different flavors and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round.
0: If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order.
2: And tonight I will be talking about... Dragon 2 The Revenge is a side-scrolling beat-em-up produced by Technos Japan. Originally released as a coin-operated arcade game in 1988. It is a sequel to Double Dragon released the previous year. Um and I the reason I am talking about this game tonight is because at PensaCon last weekend, I bought Double Dragon 3 at one of the vendors. At Pensacon, I was like, sweet. I just finished my Double Dragon trilogy. And I got home, and I cleaned up my uh, Double Dragon 3. You know, took it apart, cleaned it really well. Went to go put it in my collection. I don't know where my Double Dragon 2 is. And I could have swore I owned a copy of it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I'm having a Mandela effect. I don't know. But I know I've played it before, and... I don't know where my copy is if I ever had one, which I could have swore I had a copy of it. So I was like, you know what? I looked back through our feed, and I'm like, I never reviewed Double Dragon 2 because I was going to review Double Dragon 3. But that would be stupid if I never did Part 2 before I did Part 3. And so I fired up the Switch, and yes, there is Double Dragon 2 um, in the NES online. And it plays okay on the Switch. Um, I don't like their button layout on the Switch for the NES games. I prefer uh, being able to remap the buttons. I wish they would let you do that a little easier. So I ended up just uh, getting... um, There was a ROM floating out in the ether that I snatched up and, and threw in my emulator and used uh it's so much easier. This game's so much easier to play uh on an original Nintendo controller. So I played it that way, which the the first time I played through it, um I know I've played this game before. I know I have. But the controls kind of threw me off in the game uh, a little bit, especially playing on the Switch, which it, it, it's okay. Like I ended up getting pretty far in this game, much farther than I can in the original Double Dragon. Because that game is Nintendo hard, and I think I mentioned that in the original review. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. It's a very clunky tank of a game, like it's just not like i had a l I have a lot of nostalgia for Double Dragon Two. It was one of those games that when it came out um I remember when it came out, I was a kid, and it was one of those games everybody that had a Nintendo had to have Double Dragon. And I had a lot of my friends that lived near me that had it, and I would just beg to come over and play it at their house until I got my own copy of it. It, Because it was one of those games that's so fun because it it was two-player, you know, and you could play at the same time. And that was so cool to be able to do at the time. You know, especially... When you have games like Super Mario Brothers and things like that, and you that are two player, it's always one person at a time. It was very rare to have a game where you could play two players at the exact same time, and that was very novel at the time.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I, this is going to expose my lack of knowledge with this series. I assumed that there were sequels to Double Dragon but I've never really thought of them. Like you you know of the original mm-hmm. obviously. Like it's one of those Nintendo classics. But I feel like the sequels are never discussed. Like you saying that it's on the Switch, I can remember seeing that yeah. now. But whenever I think of Double Dragon, I never think of 2 and 3. I always think of the Same. original. And when I think of it, I think of that scene in The Wizard when Jimmy is playing it. Yeah. And even then you can see how clunky the characters move and everything. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. I've just never been drawn to to play that game. I know it's a classic. I know it's an iconic Nintendo game. Yeah, but I just I've never really had the the want to try it.
2: Well, the, the you know Double Dragon was uh, it was based off the Renegade engine, and Renegade never has that long standing. You know, it's not one of those games that's well remembered like Double Dragon is. Um, and then you know the port to the NES the 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 characters are so slow and clunky and the controls are just kind of just uh it's like you think Simon Belmont moves like a tank play double dragon <laughs> and you'll know uh but you know double dragon was that template for what was to come later you know f- things like final fight um streets of rage all the the side scrolling beat em ups double dragon was like the beginning of that craze and, and, and maybe i'm wrong but that's what it felt like to me at the time like that double dragon was the game that kind of everything after that was kind of like it was like double dragon but better
0: mhm
2: and along comes yeah. oh what were you going to say
0: Oh, no, no, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, and then along comes Double Dragon 2. And I know this is a much more beloved game than the first game because it is, I would say it is an easier game than the first game. Like, I found the combat to be a little better, uh, the movement's a little better, but... There's still a lot of stuff about this game that is, uh, I got a lot of problems with it. And we'll go into that, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. What were you going to say?
0: Oh, no, it's it's not really relevant, so you can continue.
2: Um, but uh, just to quick go over the, uh, the, what was the plot to this game? Uh, let's see. Actually, this was initially developed as an upgrade kit for the original Double Dragon but it evolved, it evolved into a standalone game due to an increase in memory size, resulting in the developers reusing assets for both games.
0: I wonder c- how it would have worked as an expansion. I don't know.
2: That's weird. Maybe they, for the arcade? I'm thinking maybe for the arcade.
0: Yeah, that, I mean, because I, I can't think of how that would work with Nintendo, like on the NES. Yeah.
2: Uh, the arcade version of Double Dragon 2 begins with Marian, the damsel in distress from the original Double Dragon, being shot to death by the leader of the Black Warriors. That's what we love in our you know, our old video games as children, as women getting shot. <laughs> wow. Uh, the players assume the role of brothers Billy and Jimmy Lee, or according to the end of the first game, Bimmy and Jenny, J- Jimmy Lee, who are now tasked with the duty of avenging her death. Uh, let's see, Uh, similar to double dragon it's divided into four areas or missions, a heliport lumber storehouse, a farm and the gang's new hideout. The player must defeat a boss, at the end of each mission, as well as more sub bosses along the way. Speaking of the boss, I found the boss fights to be way easier in this game than the first game, but I found that some of the characters like, okay, here we go. There's two. You remember a Bobo from the first game, one yeah. of the big characters, that the big bald guy you fight. Well, in this mm-hmm. game, he's got long hair and a mustache, and I call him Danny Trejo Bobo. And I feel like
0: he's... What, what do you do with a character with a certain look in the sequel? Just make him look the complete opposite.
2: Yeah, this time he's got white pants and he's got long black hair and a mustache. And he seems to be way more of him in this game than the the first game. I think he's the hardest character to beat in the game, and he's not even a boss. So, like, some of the boss fights are relatively easy, and a Bobo is just aggravating as shit. <laughs>
0: and I was about to ask, like, what what makes him so much more difficult than the boss fights? He
2: has a longer reach than you. He takes at least. 10 to 15 hits to take him down. And a lot of times, the one of the things I hate about this game, in the first game, the jumping sidekick always seemed to take everybody down. It, it, was, it was good. But in this game, you just end up jumping over everybody. You can't hit anybody with it. You use it and you jump over them. So if you try to use it on, on Danny Trejo Bobo, you're just going to jump over him, or he's going to grab you in midair and body slam you, and you're knocked out for a few seconds.
0: I wish he had a machete. <laughs> that would have been incredible.
2: But it, you, you do a knee hit that's really powerful in this game, but uh, against him, it's so hard. The only thing I found that worked on him is to get the first hit in, get close enough to him to get the first hit in, and then take the controller and using my pointer finger hit the button (laughs) as fast as I could. Literally as fast as I could to get his punches in to where he could never counter and get another punch in. That's the only way I could take him down.
0: Oh, that's so obnoxious when you have to do that in games.
2: And there's one area in this game and I think it's an area 2 and it's the 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 boss fight of the second area is a, you're in a helicopter and you're just fighting waves of enemies that keep coming into the, the compartment of the you know the the helicopter you're in and every 10 seconds or so the door opens up to the helicopter and sucks everything out so you have to like fight to not get like move your character walk or whatever to not get sucked out of the door. And the door stays open for like a, two seconds or a second or whatever. And if you're lucky and you're fighting somebody and you knock them down on the ground and the door opens up, they instantly get sucked out. So if you're fighting and you get knocked down and the door opens up, or if you're close to the door, when you're fighting, as soon as the door go- opens up, you're all getting sucked out of the helicopter the worst part about this is you have to fight Danny Trejo Bobo twice in this area, and the only uh, the only thing I can do is pray he doesn't knock me out when the door gets open or I'll get sucked out or try to maneuver myself to where he will be close to the door when it opens so he gets sucked out when it opens up.
0: Why is it you have to fight him twice? Is it like back-to-back? I-
2: yeah, like, you fight him once, you, you, you get sucked out, or you end, eventually end up knocking, you know, killing him or whatever. Then he, another one of him comes out. <laughs> like, I just killed you!
0: How many more of those yeah, are there?
2: Clones? What the hell? Right. And then there's another character. Oh, El- and let me tell you one more aggravating part of fighting Danny Trejo Bobo. There's a part where you go into a submarine... And you're in inside the submarine, and the, there's another guy that comes out that literally looks like Commando, like like Arnold in Commando. And I, I was like, somebody getting sued up in here because that's <laughs> Commando. Looks just like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not as tough as a Bobo. You can kill him pretty easy. But once you get past him and get to this other part, the end of the of that little tunnel you're in inside the the submarine. Which sucks because the, the ceiling of the submarine is like right above your head and there's spikes. I don't know who built this submarine, but that is an OSHA violation right there. And you, here comes Danny Trejo Bobo. And the only thing you can do is try to punch him and do what I said before. You know, try to get that first hit in and then just keep hitting him. Because if you try to jump and kick him... You're gonna knock yourself out because you're gonna hit your head on the ceiling and knock yourself out.
0: Yeah, I don't think I can play this game now that you mentioned the the hitting the button so fast because there <laughs> there's a there's a level in Banjo Tooie for the N64 where you're the levels in like a you're in a mine like in a mine area mm-hmm. and you have to do this race where you're um, using a mine cart. And in order for Banjo to move the lever up and down, you have to mash the A button just as fast as you possibly can. So, like, I'll hold the controller with one hand and then just...
2: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I, I can't it. stand that.
2: I hate it. But, yeah, that... But there's the weird thing. is I did find the game easier than the first game. First time Through all I, that. Yeah, first... There's, like, ten, nine or ten levels to this game. I think I got to like level six my first playthrough. I was like, I didn't get, I got to like level two, you know, when I play Double Dragon, even to this day. Like, that game is so freaking hard. This game is at least you can enjoy most of the game as you're, if you're relatively competent at side scrollers.
0: It's like a very mixed review. It's like, it's easier, <laughs> but more frustrating.
2: And I wrote uh, some of my notes where it took me a while to get used to the controls. It's a bit different in the first game because the uh, the way the controls work is the A button uh, punches to the the right. Uh, the B button, if you're facing towards the right and you hit the B button, you'll do a backwards kick if somebody's coming up behind you. So it's not like you don't change directions to, to punch, but if you want to punch to the left, you have to... Turn around and then hit the B button, and then you'll punch to the left. And if you hit the A button, you'll kick, do a donkey kick to to the right. So controls are a little weird, but once you get used to it, it's not—it's really no thing. Um, yeah, it
0: seems like that's like that with a lot of those old games. You yeah. have to compensate for weird controls
2: because it, you can get overwhelmed in this game with enemies coming up behind you. Oh, that's another thing when you're fighting. And you know in Double Dragon, uh, you can hit an enemy that'll have like a, a chain or something, or a pipe, and you hit them and they'll drop it. The thing I hate is if you're punching them, they'll drop their weapon. You'll stop punching and you'll pick up the weapon, but it take the character animation takes so long to do that that the enemy comes to and starts beating the sh- the crap out of you. Uh. I'm like, stop trying to pick up the damn... <laughs> the chain, man. Stop
0: it. That should have been fixed in development.
2: Yeah, I hated it. Uh, the graphics are pretty good. Character models are a bit better than the first game. Hit detection is good, but you still have to be really close to hit. I like a game with a good range to hit something. But this one, you got to be Same. really close to hit. Uh, the flying kicks, of course, suck in this game. I end up just flying over the person. Uh, Let's see. Music is not that great in the game. I felt like the music in this game is just lazy. The first game, the music is legendary. It's some of my favorite music for the NES. It's just, yeah, this game was just kind of lazy and unmemorable.
0: And you hate that whenever you have like an original installment with memorable music, and then it's just like they don't care. Yeah, beyond that,
2: because like I have a little sample here. Like you know, I played this at the at, at the beginning of the review. This is the title screen for Double Dragon 2. It's serviceable, but it sounds like you're about to play like RC Pro Am or something. And here's mm-hmm. the original Double Dragon. Now this, this is rocking. This sounds like you're you know. <laughs> now that. Music gets you excited to play the that game.
0: That makes you want to fight.
2: Yeah, it makes you want to fight. I want to fight here in that music. <laughs> nah, part two, like it's all kind of like that. It's all kind of muted and not really that pounding soundtrack. You know, like you want in a in a beat 'em up. It just like it sounds like you, you're seriously like you're about to play like RC Pro Am or something. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's. It's worth playing, especially if you have the Switch online. I would give it a try. It's it's a competent side scroller for the NES. I've played better. Don't get me wrong. It is easier than the first game. But it's still pretty I'd rather play like Final Fight or something, you know, like there's so many other better better side scrolling beat em ups. Even games like uh, River City Ransom stuff like that. Like, it just they're just better at at doing this, even though the, the you know the double dragon game is like that prestige, uh, name. Like, they're still making double dragon games today, like Double Dragon Neon, which is a uh, ramp one of Rampage's favorite games to play. It's worth going back to play, but it's not something you're going to be like, I'm going to play this a lot. It's more one of those you'll play it once and be like, I got it. Yeah, yeah, I get it.
0: Yeah. So, with I'll that keep being, that in mind.
2: With that being said, I mean, I, it is better than the first game, but I have no nostalgia for it like the first game, so eh, it gets a six.
0: I think that's respectable.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's not terrible. It's just kind of, it's just so middle of the road for for the NES.
0: and That's unfortunate because you think of how iconic that original Double Dragon is. Mm-hmm. Even though you say, like, this is better, but the first one's still more memorable.
2: Yeah, and I I think if you come at it, you know, knowing the original Double Dragon and you have some nostalgia for it, you're going to give it a a lot more of a pass, but I think somebody coming at it uh, that's never played it before, they're probably going to be like, ugh, this sucks. Because it's not an easy game to play. I mean, it's like, it's, like we said, those games are Nintendo hard, so, but. Yeah. You know, it's Double Dragon. It's they're 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 up there in the higher echelon of NES titles. Like when you think Double Dragon, the NES Double Dragon is one of those games that pops in your head immediately. So you know, go go give it a shot, see what you think. But it's not something you're going to play over and over again.
0: Understandable.
2: But uh, but that's going to bring us to the end of the review tonight. Um, you know what we're doing next week, or are we going to maybe come up with
0: some time? I do have a review for next week. Okay. So I, I got to tell a quick story as to why I'm reviewing this game. So okay. I was flipping through channels on TV the other day and the movie, the mask was on mm. with Jim Carrey, one of my favorite comedies of the nineties. And I went down a mask rabbit hole. Um, so I found this YouTube video okay. of like 10 facts. You may not have known about the mask and one of them was there was a mask Super Nintendo game. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, that's going to be my next review. So All next right. week I will review the mask for a Super Nintendo. And I apologize for how obnoxious I'm going to be about it because I <laughs> love that movie.
2: I know. I just watched that movie not too long ago and it still it's still so up.
0: it's so stupid, but it's it's like I'll get into it next week, but it, it's like prime Jim Carrey. Yeah.
2: Oh, I can't wait for that.
0: I'm going to have yeah, to go watch
2: some gameplay of this game, too.
0: Yeah, it's. I'm having fun with it.
2: All right. Well, awesome. Uh, so we'll do the mask next week, and then <clears throat> the week after that, I think we're going to do another top, top five. five. So we'll come up with some, some good top fives. I may uh, look back through the, uh, the Discord and our top five segment and uh, pick a couple and make a Patreon poll and see what the patrons think we should do a top five of. I like it. But uh, anything else? What you got on the Derek Diamond experience this week?
0: Yes. So, again, if you haven't listened to it yet, the Defending Bad Movies panel is on YouTube and on the podcast feed. Um, This week, I actually released a second panel that I recorded uh, at the end of Pensacon on Saturday with independent film director uh, James Kerwin. So it's a writing and directing for independent film panel. And he was gracious enough to let me record it. So we talk about his career. Um, good advice if you know filmmaking is something that you're interested in. It's a really good discussion. Uh, you could check it out on YouTube and on the podcast feed. Just go to linktree.com slash D diamond Podcast. And I will say for next week. Next week is the nine-year anniversary of the show. Wow. <laughs> nine if you count the year that I took off. Uh-huh. I personally do, because that means the show still existed since 2014. Yeah. So I'm going to do, uh, Sunday, I'm going to do a live Ask Me Anything on YouTube at 7 p.m. It doesn't awesome. have to be about movies. You can literally ask me anything you want. And that will also be the 350th episode of the show. Wow, that's so cool. It's insane. Almost a decade. So, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff coming up for the podcast. So, I've, I've got some cool guests lined up over the next few weeks, too. So, Awesome. Yeah, just head over to linktree.com slash D Diamond Podcast. Uh,
2: and go check out the Open Micers Podcast at Open Micers on Twitter, Instagram, and Open Micers Podcast on Linktree. Uh, last week, we talked with comedian Tyler Arsenault. And that was a really fun, funny episode. Go check that out. And um, we did also did an extra episode last week where um, uh, we talk about Jacob's gross feet. <laughs> because he put up a, a post with his Waffle House slip slippers. Which on. I got
0: to get a pair of those, by the way. I
2: know, those are so cool. But he put a picture <laughs> of him wearing those slippers on Facebook. And he's got the grossest feet. Of any human I've ever seen, so we talk about that on the show.
0: Yeah, it's it's a really fun episode. Everybody should go check it out.
2: <laughs> we also discussed Pensacon, and uh, coming up this week, we got the return of Jared Seymour. We're going to be talking about uh, rocking the sound coming up on March eighteenth. Uh, so go check out at the Sound two two eight. Twitter and Instagram, and go download their uh, their app, too. So if you like music and you like discovering new music, go check out everything The Sound has to offer, thesound228.com. So he'll be on later uh, tonight, and it'll be out later this week. And Sounds uh, great. I think that's about everything. Are we about to walk out the door? Should we shut the lights Let's- off?
0: Let's turn the lights off. Let's do it. All
2: right. We're getting out of here. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree. And that includes our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our Patreon. And especially, guess what? We got a merch shop, which you can also get to by ncrmerch.com. You can get t shirts, mugs, bags, stickers, hats. Whatever your nerdy little heart desires. Follow us on social media at Nerd Cave Retro and individually at JFunktastic and at Derek underscore Diamond. And please, please, wherever you listen to us, leave a review or and or a five-star rating. We can do that on every podcasting platform. So Derek, please, tell them what it's all about.
0: May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Cheers.